You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And today, I have... Uh, a couple special guests in the studio, and this episode is going to be different, but it's very important. And this is a story I've known about for years now. Um, and the story needs to be told, and then we'll get into it and explain that. But so, if y'all would introduce yourselves, ladies first. Hi, Reagan Renato. And Reagan, where are you from? Addis. Addis, Louisiana. Addis, Louisiana. Y'all, right. Yeah. And then y'all. That don't know. That's just across the river in in West Baton Rouge, right? Correct. Born and raised there. Born and raised there. Born and yep. raised, right? And I have my brother from another mother. Introduce yourself, sir. Zach Simmers. And I'm, I currently live in West Baton Rouge, but I'm not from there. I'm from White Castle, Louisiana. That's where I was born and raised. You can hear it on that accent on both of y'all across the river <laughs> accent. But uh, so Zach is a what you y'all know I don't use this term lightly. Um, he's a true law enforcement professional, and we first became associated together um, during the Mary Pusho's case. If y'all remember, I'll talk about him a lot on that. And we'll, we're going to talk about that case again in a minute also. But unfortunately, oh, you know what? I haven't even named the episode. Can you tell us your mama's name? Uh, my mom was Sandra Renato. All right. So... I'm going to say, can, I don't want to hurt your feelings and no, make you upset. It's okay. It's okay. And then we're, we're going to name this episode uh, The Homicide of Miss Sandra Renata, right? Okay. Right. All right. right. And so uh, back to it, Zach worked for the West Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office for how many years? I'm in my 19th year there at the Sheriff's Office now. It's the only job I've had as an as an adult is working for right. West Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office. And, and Zach is currently running for sheriff for West Baton Rouge Parish. And this, I mean, this is certainly not a political show. We've been wanting to do this story for a long time. But, again, I came in contact with Zach uh, in the Mary Pouchot case because he's a detective that actually stepped up. And y'all remember they were saying it was an accidental death and all that. Well, Hell no, it wasn't, and he had the balls to step up and 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 take on the, I hate to say the powers that be, but put himself out there and ultimately solve the case. And I want to thank you for that, Zach. And he and I share the same mentor, just on different levels, who's our, our dear friend, and, and he's deceased now, uh, Richie Johnson, who brought me up in the polygraph world, and we became very, very good friends over the year. Rest in peace, Richie. And, and Zach, Richie was kind of mentor to you. Yeah. So 
Uh, I wouldn't be sitting here today if it wouldn't be for Richie Johnson. I wouldn't be running for sheriff if it wasn't for Richie Johnson. He was certainly a mentor, and um, that's an understatement, if right. you will. He it, probably one of the greatest law enforcement professionals I've ever known in my career. Exactly. And uh, may may you rest in peace. So, y'all, we're going to tell you uh, about Reagan's mom's case. And Reagan, tell me about your mom and where you grew up, how how she was with her personality. Tell us. Paint us a story about your mom. Um, my mom was a, um, she was a very quiet person, but she had a personality with the ones that she knew really well. She was funny. She was hilarious. Right. She was loving. She was um, a lover of animals, right. all things nature. Um, she was the grandma that my kids would love to go over to because, you know, they would, she always had a, a special treat as she would yeah, call it for them. Love, right? um, she would make, you know, Mississippi mud oh, or right. dirt one, cake. One of my favorites, or, yeah. yeah. I mean, just the best sweets ever, you yeah. know, and then staying up and watching movies and, right. you know, making pancakes at one o'clock in the morning, right. you know, right. she was just fun. She, she, she was the mom that loved being a mom. Oh, absolutely. And telling me about growing up with her. Growing up with her was fun. Um, again, all things animals, all things nature. Right. Um, you know, always she was very much a hands-on mom. You know, we never stayed with babysitters. We, you know, every weekend it was something, whether we were going out to the park or going make some kind of discoveries behind the levee, seeing yeah. what kind of finds in nature we could, you know, find. It was Right. She was a great mama. What, what was your favorite meal that she cooked you? Oh, my goodness. Which one? Uh, give us a couple. Um, chicken stew. Really? Yes. That's a good yes. country stuff there, boy. Yes. Right? And um, for Thanksgiving, she would make a um, cornbread dressing yeah. that had pork chops. It had boneless right. pork chops Love. in it that was amazing. Love. I still don't know how to make it, yeah, but well, it was so good. My mom makes that cornbread not. Not that fancy, but she, yeah, it's <laughs> one of my favorite things also. And l let me ask you this. Um, without getting too personal, what's the worst, one of the worst times you ever got in trouble with your mom or she got mad at you? If, oh, you, if, if you can tell. I mean, there was several. Right <laughs> but tell us one that's not going to get you in trouble. <laughs> um, let me see. Um well, in a in a picking sense, I mean, she was she was a wonderful cook. So she would always fuss at me for making, you know, box mashed potatoes. Oh uh, yeah, they, you know, I was always right. looking to find ways to yeah. cut corners to cook because I never wanted to learn how to cook because then right. I knew I'd have to. Right. Um, so box mashed potatoes, it was. And that, that's would, a no, no. Yeah, no. no. It, she was it, like, it, no, you can't do that. So she was, yeah. In Addis, right? And, yes. Uh, and was she from there also? She was. She was born and raised yeah. in Addis. Right. Um, my grandfather was actually the first uh, constable really? of Addis. I didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. And yeah. and so um, life goes on and tell us about your story, your mama's um, story. Well, um, my mom was an alcoholic. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that wasn't right. anything that was, you know, a secret. Right. Um, so she did battle alcoholism for a very long time. And uh, her and my father had their outs, you uh, know, uh, between alcoholism, him being a musician, you know, right. many different facets, I guess, to, you know, and being married. Um but my father was very abusive. Um, physically abusive? Physically. Abusive. Well, both. 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 Okay. Um, he had called me in the middle of the night, sometime around two something in the morning, um, saying that he thought my mom was dead. Um, and, and when was this, right? This was August the 9th of 2013. Right. So, Wow. Mm -hmm. Yes, and and see, you get the phone call, and he says, "I think your mama's dead." That was his exact words. Yes. All right, and, and, and what'd you do? Um, of course, I hurried up and um, got over there. Um, it was about a forty-five minute drive, um, and when I got there, he he was, you know, 
completely out of sorts. Um, didn't recognize me at first, didn't realize who he was talking to, but he was trying to fight his way into get into the bedroom with her, with her body. Um, so some, somebody was stopping him or law enforcement? Initially, was yes. Initially, law enforcement was okay. stopping him. Um, so when you arrived, there, everybody was there already? Yeah. Okay. yeah there was, uh, you know, the police, the paramedics, you know, everyone was already there. Um, it's okay, baby. Take your time. And that's, I mean, that's got to be one of the worst days of your life. It was the day I lost both my mom and my dad. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you get there and he's out of sorts and he's trying to get into the room or. Yeah, he was, he was trying to get into the room. Um, and initially law enforcement wasn't letting him in. Um, but then, you know, someone that was a friend of his uh, that was in law enforcement did let him in. And, and, you know, I guess things initially didn't look like anything was wrong. I I didn't know what to think. Um, you know, when I got there, I didn't I had no clue what she had died from. Um Of course, the assumption was she had drank herself to death. Right. Um that's kind of what it had looked like, I guess. Um But it wasn't until later on that I found out, you know, that no her death was actually a homicide and it wasn't, you know, accidental or okay. natural. So let me bring you back a little bit. Let's go back to that night. But your mama was in the bedroom. Was she in the bed or? Um, she was. Her body was on the floor next to the bed in the master bedroom. Okay, and they were saying, they were thinking accident or. Well, there was um, a lot of alcohol bottles all around her. Um, and that wasn't like her. She hid her drinking. Um, she would hide the bottles, and then she would go to wherever it was, take a sip, put the cap back on, and right. put it back. Right. So she kept it hidden. So for there to be alcohol bottles everywhere, it was really, really, really unusual. Yeah. And the rest of the night, I guess they worked the scene, and the coroner came and and took your mom. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, and and then um, let's go to the funeral. Tell me what. It- um, he wanted a, a quiet service, a private service. He he didn't want it open to even most of her family members, and I really didn't. I didn't know why. Um, I knew he didn't get along with some of her family members, although I found it strange you know, that they weren't allowed to go and he didn't want anyone to know when it would be. Um, he wanted her body cremated. Um, and that was something I had never heard before. I knew she didn't want to be buried in the ground. Right. Um, but all the rest of our family members had mausoleum plots. Um, but he didn't want her buried. He wanted her cremated. Um, and, the coroner's office is the one that stopped that from happening. They actually denied the cremation permit. Mm-hmm. So, and that was how I learned that her death had been named a homicide. Right. And so tell me about, first, how old was your mama? Uh, my mom was 59. Wow. It's a couple of years older than me. Right. And then, uh, so tell me how you learn that it's now being worked as a homicide or classified as a homicide. Um, because the cremation permit was denied, um, when when we were supposed to go and get her ashes, um, the ashes were not ready. And they had asked us to call um, the coroner's office to find out why. They couldn't tell us why. Um, and the coroner's office had told us that they had denied the cremation permit. Because they because they they determined her death was a homicide that she had been beaten to death. There you go. So they, I, I don't know. And Zach, you can jump in any time of with the law enforcement side of it that you want. But the so evidently they took her for an autopsy. Correct. And, and uh, did it say specifically what um, what the cause of the death was on the autopsy? Was yes. that 
What, mm-hmm. what, what is that? Um, her pancreas was severed. Really? Yes. She died of internal bleeding. That's that's a pretty severe beating or below. So that. Most times you'll only see that like in car wrecks or, or something like that. The, um, I think they even listed that on the the uh, in the final report from the uh, autopsy that um, severe trauma such as car wrecks, airplane crashes, things like that. Right. And I mean, that's only in my experience. That's the only thing. I don't know that I've ever had someone die from um, being beat severely with the pancreas was busted, basically. Yeah. And so, what happens? Like, I mean, it's just. 2013 and we're we're in 2023 right um well you know it was small town police department um you know i i wasn't a situation that they were used to handling um and the one and only detective you know he knew everyone in the town you know um Assumed, you know, she had drank herself to death. It was, you know, the bottles were everywhere. Um, so a lot was missed over when it came to collecting evidence. Um, you know, the interviews weren't done right then and there. Um, time went by, and then once they said it was a homicide, um, you know, I guess um, maybe the detective didn't want to believe it, you know, whatever. Um let me, let me jump in here for one second. Yeah. All right, so in 2013, I was in the narcotics division doing my right. thing, so I wasn't really aware of what was going on here. But right. as soon as we started reading this report and we got it, mm-hmm. um, several of the injuries that she had was consistent with the injuries that she had when she was found dead. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's a, a red flag, if you will. You right. know, it's basic police work going on. Right, right, right. And, and so, um, you know, Nine times out of ten, on a small department like that, one detective, the naturally they'll call in the sheriff's office at least because right. you have more experience. In the so, at what point? I mean, you learn that your mom and they're listening as a homicide, even though he's not working it, and Zach and him are looking at it now like holy smokes. Uh, at what point? Do you start bucking up? What point right. do you like? Hey, hey, What's the going professional said yeah. the professional pathologist says it's a homicide. Well, you know, of of course, um, it's only natural. You you don't want to believe that one parent had something to do with the other parent's death. Right. Um, I didn't want to. I knew the only person possible could have been my father. Hey, what's your father's name? Because we haven't said it yet. Eddie. Eddie right. Renato. Right, right. Um, he was, according to even him, he was the only person there, that there was nobody else there. Nobody else came in the house, right. um, anything like that. So the obvious would have been my father. Right. So, you know, and he was swearing up and down. He didn't do anything to oh, hurt well, my mom. I don't imagine he's going to come out and say he did caused all that trauma. Of course, of course. Um, Self-preservation. Right. But at the same time, you know, I also didn't want to believe you know that he could have right right yeah i knew yeah, he was abusive yeah, there was no doubt right, there right. but you know to think oh you know to th- my dad killed my mom yeah. I, that was something i i couldn't so i i trusted um the police you know and that was who i'd known my whole life and right. trusted and believed him and he was saying no it, it wasn't a homicide there's there's something wrong here the coroner's office is wrong it wasn't a homicide, right. so I be- that's what I believed. And at what point did you stop believing that? Um, when um, when that same detective told me, um, well, you know, um, another coroner had um, or a forensic pathologist. Right had said that, no, she actually died uh, from her liver bleeding out due to heavy alcoholism. And I said, well, wait a minute. Was her pancreas severed? And he said, yes, it was. And I said, well, how does he know? And how did her pancreas get severed? It didn't make any sense to me. Um, So in this forensic pathologist, actually, um, 
Well, I had an independent review done by the right. East Baton Rouge Parish Coroner's mm-hmm. Office, and they also concluded that no, she absolutely did die from a severe beating. Yeah, a very violent death. Right. And yeah. what what year was that, Reagan? Uh, that was in the beginning of 2014. Right. Um, so, you know, initially going from, um, you know, no, it was it wasn't a homicide. She didn't die from that. This is the coroner's office. They're wrong. Um, she fell down the stairs. They investigated it as an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't they investigate They tried to prove it, it as Correct. an accident and instead of a homicide. Right. But the... Their theories just weren't even making sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, I wanted to believe that my father did not do anything to hurt my mom. Right. When I started noticing inconsistencies in what he was saying, um, you know, and I started questioning him about it, he would get very defensive. Right. And he didn't want to talk about it. Um, what kind of inconsistencies? Well, uh, for one, he was saying that the dog had woke him up, and the dog was a little two-pound chihuahua, right. um, and he slept in the bedroom upstairs. But he was, he said he would sleep with the door locked and shut and everything else, just so Mom, if she had been drinking, she wouldn't come upstairs and bother him. Right. Um, well, then I asked him, well, how did the dog get in the bedroom? You know, and he stopped, and he was, oh. And I said, well, right. yeah, that's not making he, he sense. Didn't, he didn't think of that, right? No. You know, it, the one thing that never changes? The, the truth. truth. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so it becomes defensive, and, yeah. you know, you have the independent review done, and, again, it's listed as a homicide. Right. And what happens? Um, well, so um, I reached out to everyone, and, I always asked, um, you know, the the police chief, hey, you know, look, this, there's something not right here. Please do something. You know, you, we need to find out who killed my mom. You know, I, I don't want it to be my father, of course, right. obviously, but, you know, I need to find out who killed my mom. Um, I need to know why my mom is dead. Um, so the police chief did agree. Um you know, well, let's see what we can do to get the case reopened. Um, the attorney general's office did get involved. Um, they had a couple of investigators in on it. Um, they actually told me, we know he killed your father, um, but, but we can't do or anything. You, your dad killed your mom. All right, yes, yeah, I'm, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And they can't do anything because they didn't have enough evidence? or uh, That's what they were saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what year was this? This was twenty end of 2014, 2015. Right. So time marches on. Uh, I mean, let me digress for a minute. The um, You and I got involved, I think, after I did the podcast on Mary, about Mary Pusho. Right? Yes, and, absolutely. And that's how Zach and I got hooked up. Go ahead. I, I want to say something, too, and this yeah. is all despite two separate coroner's office reports right, right. saying that Sandra was murdered. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, well, exactly. Let's talk about this. Now, uh, West Baton Rouge certainly has its, its more populated parts, and then it has its uh, more rural parts like Addis, right? Sure. And uh, you know, I'm not throwing shade on anybody or whatever because I bleed blue. But the, the some people just don't know what they don't know. The, the, the small town apartments, you know this, and then, then it becomes a little bit of pissing contest sometimes at the sheriff's office or the AG's office comes in, and they're like, "Oh, why the, why are they getting involved in my investigation?" But it shouldn't be like that, right? Absolutely not. And and while this was going on, you know, and and you know, when was this? J- July twenty twenty two when when we started working this case. I don't remember a little bit before that, maybe March, January, January, March, mm-hmm. February. I can't remember. I was neck deep in the Mary Puccio investigation right. myself, so I had to reach out to another team of guys that that I knew and worked well with and right. trusted, right. Uh, and said, "Hey, man, uh, we're, I need you to put a team together." And you know, and his name's Glenn Hennigan. Uh, he right. can't be here. He can't speak. We're right. kind of under a little gag order here, but right. I, don't, I don't really care. And I'm gonna, you know, right. just like you, you said, the, the truth, truth is right. the truth. The truth is you know? true. Um, so that's where we were with with that case. Uh, we were, were, like I say, I won't say knee deep, neck deep in the Mary Pusha investigation. So let, let's talk about that real quick. The um, so I started doing the 
I'll never forget it. You know, everybody kept asking me to do Mary's case, and I was like, I'm not doing another one. So, you know, it takes too much time, et cetera. And then I was sitting in my country place, uh, and finally, uh, the old matron from the jail, Karen Ortolano, shout out to you. She she hit me hits me up, and she said, Woody, can you please just talk to Lori, the, the sister? She's a dear friend of mine. And I'm like, okay, I'll talk to her and just placate her. And, well, I get on the phone, and she starts telling me the story. And she said she had a photograph from the funeral home that wasn't supposed to be taken, et cetera. Yeah, um, the guy, like, family friend gave to him and I said, can you send me the picture? And she sent it to me and I was like, damn. And and I said, let me call you back. And I showed the picture to my wife and she was like, how can you not use your platform and your gift? You know, that girl obviously was murdered. So tell me, and I, I'm going to come right, right back to it. At that time, um, how did you get in, uh, involved in Mary's case and all that? Uh, well, Shout out to you and your podcast. You know? <laughs> and so several months before that, I learned um, uh, Mary's brother, Mr. Lucius. Right. Uh, he Good went guy. to the DA's office and said that, you know, he had some questions about uh, a case involving his sister. So I received a phone call from the district attorney's office asking me if there was a unsolved murder in Irwinville. Uh, I knew nothing about what he was talking about. So right. I looked into it. And then, indeed, there was a, a quote unquote unsolved murder in Irwinville. Yeah. Uh, so I started looking into it. Um, well, they, they actually, they they were trying to call it an accident. Correct. Right. right. Yes. Uh, so I started looking into it, and um, I, I met with some of the detectives, and uh, I really didn't like the way it was going, but I had no control over doing anything about it. I didn't have. I, I wasn't over the detectives' division. And, right. You know, I'm not bad mouthing anybody, but yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't have anything to go off of. And then I hear that a podcast is coming out about it, and I sat in my office right. late one evening, and I listened to the first episode of your podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, well rewind back a little bit uh i don't remember exactly when mr lucius and i met with his whole family uh me and some of the detectives um and i made him a promise that day that uh, i would be involved in this case right and i didn't know whether we were going to solve it or not right. i didn't know if right. if mary was actually murdered me, but but i needed to look yeah. at it and i would do what i could right uh and after i took that that ass chewing from mr lucius <laughs> um so this was after the podcast i'm sorry uh he was in handcuffs 24 hours later. It was yeah. it was very simple, and I remember thinking to myself, "This man is going to think that we trumped up some charges. Right. Uh, we arrested him in 24 hours when this has been going right. on for almost a year, you know." Right. And um, it, no, it's just right there. You just had to look for it. Yeah, but see, I'm, I'm going to touch on this, and it's going to be important in your mama's case also, Reagan. The you know, there's good and bad in every profession. And when I looked into that case, I was like, holy fuck. That, that, and, you know, caught the guy and, and some lies and stuff like that. And a, a light, he said, try to collect cameras from across the street. And then I talked to that lady. And she's like, that dude's never been to my house in his life. And, and all these different things. So either in law enforcement, Nobody does it to get rich, right? Either you have a passion for it, for justice, and that that's, or and I'm evidently very empathetic. I tell these people, hey, I'm gonna work your case to I solve it or I die, or we'll prove, disprove it another way. But the what you're up against, I'm not throwing shade on anybody across the river. What you're up against is this. I mean. Um, Peanut was an ex-warden for West Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office prison, right? They're a small town, yes. right, right, and and everybody knows everybody. It was Lucia's best friend, uh, uh, Mary's brother's best friend since they were babies, basically, and and everything else. So you are now, and I, I did it on the podcast, but you you're now stepping up as a man and as a law enforcement professional, which the world needs more of. And you're like, you know what? Let the chips fall where they may. If shit's done wrong, it's done wrong. And I'm gonna work this right, and and kudos to you. I, I've said it before, and I've thanked you on the podcast before, and everything. But and, and I've thanked you in person. But I want the world out there today. What kind of law enforcement professional that sitting in this room today? Uh, either you have it or you don't. Let me and let me let me yeah. Let me add something to that. This is not just me. This right. is me and a group of right. a group of guys. Um, and shout out to all of them. They know who they are. Right. Um, <clears throat> and and some of the, the general duty detectives. And you know, right. it took it took us all coming together right. to do this. 
and you know, and the totality of everyone coming together got this done, and it got it done quick. Right. Whereas well, my problem is it should have been done from day one. Exactly. That, so let's talk about that. There's two elements to that. It should have been done from day one as as all these cases that I work. And even in my, in my law enforcement career, I made my bones off cold cases, cases of work. I'm like, what the – what? Why wasn't this done? You know, you just care so little that that or whatever you know, whatever the reason may be. But but you key word or key thing you said is you had to bring people together. It was team effort. Shout out to all those guys. But somebody had to be a leader. Somebody had to be like, oh, I'm about to step on some some. I'm about to piss some people off here. But you know what? It's the right thing to do. So I don't give a damn. We're gonna work this case, and and if it if it, you know if Peanut had been innocent or whatever, and we, you could prove that, then great. But if he's not, he's a murderer, and and I mean he's forty something years they were married and beat her to death. So the uh, anyway, y'all y'all came in, and I'll never forget it. I was in in, in teeing off of Maui with a very bad hangover. I probably shouldn't say down there, and. Uh, Trent called me from Channel Two, and he was like, "Woody, they're blowing up our phone lines." And you know that, uh, like Zach and him got uh, peanut arrested today. I'm like, I didn't know, and uh, and so just just shout out on that, bro. And he ended up pleading out to 60 years. I went over the court uh, that day. I think that might have been the first time you and I met in person. But to all y'all that did that. The world needs more of it, especially with the way everybody looks at cops now. And they need better leadership and people who aren't afraid to take these cases on, right, and do the job. Because you know what? And you live this. The, a homicide, a cold case homicide, I always say it's like having a migraine. Everybody knows what a migraine is, but unless you've got one right now, you can't really – Right. Feel the pain, right? And it's a part of a club nobody wants to be a part of. And Zach, you, you, and your leadership, and the and the guys you got over there, the you know that's uh, it just speaks volumes to me as a law enforcement professional. So let's go back to your mama's case. The the what happens? I mean, the AG's office comes in, says nothing we can do, and and how, what what's your relationship? Your dad like at this time? It was non-existent. Right, non-existent. I mean, I mean you, you get two independent. All not one is a state. And Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. And you get your own independent autopsy, and they're, they're saying basically, and I hate to put it like this, mom just F and beat to death right. and, and a violent death. Right. Uh, so what happens? With it? Um, so years go by where I'm, right. I'm just, you know, I'm and this begging is, somebody, please take a look at this case. There's, there's so much wrong with this. You know, at this point I knew, I knew, mm-hmm. you know, my father, I killed my mom. Right. Um, you know, um, and then I heard the podcast, you know, about, um, you know, the Mary Pucho case and listened to you and heard about Zach. And, um, you know, there was a Facebook group um, that was for unsolved cases in West Baton Baton Rouge Parish. And I did make a post on there, you know, begging somebody, please see this, please, you know, help me with this. Um, And a detective actually had reached out to me about it um, and said, Hey, you know, um, Talk to Zach Simmers. He may be able to get this case reopened, you know. 
So, and I kind of, I, I dismissed it at first, yeah. honestly. I was like, you know what? I, I don't want to get my it. hopes up again. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know if anything can be done, you know, and kind of, I was hesitant. I didn't want to. You didn't know Zach at this time. No, right, I did not. Right. I had never met him, wouldn't know him if I had seen him. Right. Um, so that detective had asked me again, you know, hey, seriously, I, I've already talked to him about the case. You know, why don't uh. why don't you reach out to him, you know? So I did. Um, and he had already, um, he was waiting on me to call him. Honestly, right. he had, he was busy working, you know, the Mary Pucho yeah, case. Right. And, Shout out. Yeah, so... Um, I guess it was one of those things of, hey, you know what? Let's get these cases done. It, mm. They've been sitting here this long, mm. and this isn't right. Takes, so finally, yeah. finally, someone cared. Finally, someone. My mom wasn't just, you know, a file. Right. She was a person. She right. mattered. You know, right. she was my mom. Right. As much as it meant to me, it mattered to somebody else, too, right. to see her get justice. Um, You know, and so... First meeting we had, I, you know, it was an introductory meeting, but I was sitting there looking at all these guys thinking, am I just spinning the about to, and, yeah. you know, fall flat on my face again? How right. bad is this one going to hurt? And tell us about and it. And I remember right. it. I remember yeah. it. And, and it was a very brief meeting because right. we were neck deep in, in mm -hmm. the, the Pusho case. And I remember walking out of that meeting like, man. I should have stayed there a little longer and, and gave her a little bit more. Yeah. But but look, look. so I was once in a position at the sheriff's office where I could make a difference. I know right. I was, okay? Right. And I want to get this straight for everybody. The minute that I found out I could no longer make a difference, I walked away. I took a leave of absence, right. and I decided to campaign for sheriff, right. okay? Uh, going back to when this happened, when I was approached by Glenn Hennigan, mm. who said, hey, man, we need to take a look at this. And I said, Glenn, my hands are full. Take it, run with it. When, you know, like you say, let the chips fall right, where they fall. Right, and, right. you know, you'd be doing me a favor. I trust you. Right. You get a group, a team of guys together. Y'all go do this while we're doing this. And Glenn and them were helping us with the Pooh Showcase, right, too, you. at the same hey, time. Any good leader uh, is smart enough to surround himself with the, the best people. He's smart enough to know where you're weak or don't have the time for, et cetera. I mean, you have these people in place that you can trust. I say this all the time. T tell me. If you're the smartest person in the room that you're standing in, you need to find a different it's, room. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It may not be the smartest. So you, uh, you I'm definitely not the smartest. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud to admit it. I surround right. myself right. with smart That's people. Right. And at the sheriff's office, we have really That's, good, smart, competent people. Right. You know? This that want to do their jobs. Yes. That, that they want to be led. Sometimes yeah. they aren't allowed to do their jobs. I know. I know. And that... The, and I came up in the sheriff's office too, and before I went to state police, and even the state police, it, that happens, and for unfortunate reasons. But it takes a man to nut up on me, like, hey, you know what? I don't care what you do to me. That's what, that's what happened to me. That's right. what happened to me the day I decided to leave. I said, you know what? I'm gone. Uh, I can no longer make a difference. Every little bit of um, authority yeah. or th that I had was I, I no longer had, and I'm I'm not just going to sit in this chair right. all day long right. until the election comes and goes. You right. know, I was planning on taking a leave of absence anyway the right. day that I qualified, okay, right. which would have been August to October or November if it right. goes to a runoff. So I ended up having to do this in February, right? Yeah. And I wanted to do it before that, but I just didn't have the vacation. Yeah, and you know what's what's bad about that uh, is okay. So I understand, you know, you. you did Mary's case and, 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 and stepping on, up on this case, et cetera. And you know what? And it's oh, so unfortunate. And it, uh, especially organizations like, you know, the sheriff's office have been around forever and they got people and been in certain positions forever. They don't want the, the young buck. Kind of like when, when I was. When, when I was yeah. in narcotics. Yeah. I didn't want somebody from detectives to come and tell me how to do my job, right, you know. Right, right. And and I and I understand the feeling that some of these guys had towards me. And I consciously told myself, "Hey, you're going to do the right thing. You'll have time to repair these relationships with these people. You're right. not doing it to to make anybody look bad. Exactly. You're doing it because yeah. it's the right thing to do." And I learned that from Richard Johnson. Doing the right thing is not always right. the easiest thing, but yeah. guess what? It's still the right thing. It's to still do. the right thing to do, and you can't do it go wrong with doing. So when I came through Livingston, I wasn't from here. And I made detective in like a year and a half, and they had people that have been waiting for years to make detectives. And you had the detectives have been in there for years. And I get in there, hey, you know what I'm doing? I'm doing 
buy the book. I'm doing stuff. And I mean, I call it the same kind of shit. And the, the powers that be have been stuck there forever in their status quo. They want to go along to get along. I'm like, mm, I'm, I'm going to do this. And, and, and you did it uh, also in the, in the Spire. So the, um, so you have the first meeting with Zach. How did you feel when you, when you left? Still apprehensive that maybe this is, they're just placating me. Yeah. Yeah. um, Honestly, I was, I was very apprehensive. I mean, nine years had gone by, you know, and I felt like. It's nine Christmases, nine Thanksgiving without the cornbread dressing, nine birthdays for everybody. Yeah. 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 I felt like what I was saying was heard, Um, you know, Zach listened, Glenn listened, everybody heard what I was saying. Um, you know, it was a bunch of guys and with beards and t shirts. Right. You know, it wasn't what I expected, right. you know, when I thought of police officers, you know, um, they weren't in uniform. Right. Um, but talking to them, you know, dressed as everyday people, you know, it right. made me more comfortable. It right. made them feel more, more human, right. you know, I guess. Um, but they, There wasn't any promises of, hey, we're going to solve this case. Mm -hmm. You know, it was the promise of, I'm going to give my all. Right. Um, And it took, it, you know, it took a while for me to give trust, you know, um, because that was something that I I just knew. I just, I felt like, you know, after so long it gone by that they would hear me. Right. they would lose interest or, you know, it, like what had happened before with the AG's office right. or the first detective where, you know, um, maybe it seemed too hard for him or mm-hmm. something. I, I don't really know. Um, I'm going to tell you something and interrupt you. Something flipped for you, though, because you yes. and I has, has started talking about me working your mama's case on right. real life, real crime. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, at a certain point, you were like, like you were like, off. You hold off because yeah. we got a I'm gonna say superstar we got I you know got these guys right. Zach and, and and Glenn and all of them that are I, I truly believe they're doing I, you told me something like that I yeah. truly believe they're they're handling it right 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 oh absolutely so, so tell me about that what, what um, was the turning point for you well you know when um honestly when Glenn was asking me hey you know it was I see in here in this report that there's a document. Do you have this particular document? Yes, I do. Okay. And then, you know, it was, well, what about this? When the questions were being asked to me, right. you know, Which about, had never been asked before. No, right. no. You know, it was, you know, me going to the other ones previously asking, well, what about this? So what right. about this? Well, I saw that there was a true interest, right? Um, you know, and, they did it. They cared. Yeah. You know, they, mama got justice. Well, let's, let's talk about you know? that. Zach, tell me what happened in the case. Tell the listeners what happened in the case. And, I, and you know, this one thing sticks out with me whenever I'm reading through the Renata case. And it's, uh, if you don't know any better, you don't know any better. I guess it just goes back to that. And not knocking anybody, but who in the world would let the only suspect hold a tape measure to get measurements at a crime scene. Oh, you know, and I know I when Glenn and these guys looked at this, and look, there's a lot of guys that worked on both of these cases that we're talking about, from Uniform Patrol to, and people just, some people, oh, well, he just went and got his guys from narcotics to right. do all this. No, it was, it was a bunch of people working right. on this, from Uniform Patrol, detectives. Right. Uh, it was a lot of guys. And Addis Police Department, right. shout out to them. Right. You know, they right. came and they were like, hey, they had a new young detective uh, and he, you know, he's still wet behind right. the ears and he wanted to he jump wanted, in he head first. Right. And, you know, without all of those guys, this wouldn't have been made possible. Right. Uh, both cases. Right. Both cases. Um, you know, but th- there's just a lot of discrepancies in yeah. the way this case was originally worked up. And, you know, these guys, I remember Glenn having boxes and boxes of paperwork. Right. Boxes and boxes. So he's working on that. While I'm Just because we arrested Peanut Pusho in the first 24 hours, yeah. that doesn't then mean the case is done. No, no, no. Yeah, that's we, the probable cause. 50% we, I, plus I, one. I, right. I would go to sleep at night with my headphones in listening to jail phone calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And, yeah. you know, they were doing the same thing on this. And right. every now and then they'd brief me on what they got going on, and I'd brief Glenn right. uh, and his team, and, and we would share ideas. And, hey, man, you need to look at right. this. Right, right, right. Exactly. Man, you need to look at that. Two minds better, one yeah, and correct. three better. Yeah, this, is a, this was a collaborative effort amongst so many people. And I feel a little off-put or a little bad sitting here, you know, and we keep talking about Zach, Zach, Zach. Yes, I did facilitate these things but i didn't personally work them all so let me let me let me let me rephrase that but i'm not gonna get off this okay the statement being naturally it it, uh it's all these guys these guys that wanted to make a difference they wanted to be good law enforcement professionals but i'm i'm gonna throw this out there because i know it's the truth somebody has to stand up originally and be like need to work this right yeah, and yes. then then back to being a good leader like or being a good sheriff or being a good they knew that i wasn't going to let anything happen to them exactly and and <clears throat> you're going to stand up you're going to take care of them and y'all work the cases together and because it's the right thing to do but you had to be there had to be a, a i know from my experience you have to have a leader to coordinate all of it, right? You know, I can't take all the credit for that either. I, this lady right here, no, 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 no. she never quit. She never yeah, gave yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Shout to family. Every- Jesus, I can't imagine. What if the, I work every – I don't care what kind of case it is, thinking about what if this was my mama? That's exactly what, what if this saying. was my daughter? Courtney Coco's yeah. case it took 19 years to almost to the day to get the conviction, which is comes up in two weeks last year. But – that family never gave up either, and then I would and I'd say on the thing, "What if it was your mama? What if it was your daughter?" You know, and I get it. The families certainly deserve the credit. I'm talking about specifically in law enforcement and what you know. You need to be elected sheriff because the people of West Baton Rouge. First of all, I know they they got to have more cases, and we'll get into that in a few minutes. But the the those. The people elect the powers to be because they believe in them, just like you believed in never. You know, in, in the beginning, you were like, mm, "Well, he's saying it's not." But people want to believe in law enforcement, but unfortunately, there's there's for whatever reasons there's good and bad in every profession. And shit, we need more good ones. And 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 if one good one can be a leader and get his teams together and let them do let those dogs eat right and and. That's what's needed, and certainly the sheriff can't solve every case himself. But that's why either you're a leader, you're not, bro. Either you got the fire and you got for justice, or you don't. You empower people to do their jobs. Exactly. You know, we're, we're being paid to do a job, and a job is law enforcement. And I, I said this, I'll say it again. I believe that the taxpayers of the parish of West Baton Rouge are paying for a service, and they're just not getting their money right, worth. Right. And I intend on changing that. And uh, back to Reagan. Reagan was hesitant. She won't say this, but I will. She was hesitant to meet with me mm-hmm. about her mother's case due to my relationship with, with a few people, you know. Right, right. And I'm glad that that we got it done. Right. I don't give a damn. Right. right is right and wrong is wrong at the end of the day. I don't yeah, care. You know, you're awesome. either doing right or you're not. That's right. You know. And, and you came up in the sheriff's office, like you said, and, and you know, uh, you're fearing that he may you know, not do it because of, you know, the – People right. over them and stuff right. like that. Well, the, here's the deal: like, you still what's right is right, what's right is wrong. I mean, what's right is right. Period. And but I'm I'm below creed. You gotta have the balls, though, bro. You, you gotta have the balls to step up and do it and take that heat. And uh, um and and you know what? It's so many so many different angles on the situation. The, the the ones that don't want you to work. It could be jealousy. It could be. That they don't want to get in trouble for this, or or they don't want to get a black eye. You know, how come we didn't solve it nine years ago, or or however long since? Again, it comes back to somebody's got to make it right. Somebody's got to take the first initial step. You not giving up is number one. You stepping up, and all the great guys, uh, Glenn and everybody that did it. That's number two, and you got to put it together. So tell me what happened in the conclusion. Your mom's case. How did the arrest come about? Well, um, so uh, roughly um, about six months go by, and I learned that um, there was going to be a grand jury hearing to see um, if 
there was going to be enough evidence to indict my father. Um, he was indicted. He was, in fact, indicted. Um, and um, the, the, the most ironic thing in all of this, honestly, is um, he passed away on the 10-year anniversary of my mom's murder. I mean, the, 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 and that was just crazy. I'm still trying to wrap my brain around that. Yeah. Um, but, you but, know, I said that I gave him goosebumps. But, uh, but go ahead. But, um, you know, um, after he was indicted for murder, um, you know, that, that was really, I, I had had, communication with Zach throughout the case. Um, You know, here and there, you know, he would call me and ask me for this information or that information or, you know, kind of keeping me updated Mm -hmm. as to what was going on. Because again, you know, I I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of faith in the, I guess the The powers that be, the powers that be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Initially. Um, Okay, but Zach, let me throw it to you real quick. Yeah. Did, did you got to a grand jury? Well, I mean, I was there. I wasn't in there, right. but yeah, I was yeah. there. So, they, so we we met with with Reagan um, before this, and we uh, we we met with uh, Tony Clayton and yep. some members of his staff, shout some ADAs. Yep. Definitely a shout out to Tony Clayton. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, before we took this meeting with Glenn and and some of these detectives, I won't mention their names because I just right. I, look. Glenn doesn't care if he gets in trouble. I will tell you that right, right now. And, and and if <laughs> well, I get him in trouble for saying his name, then shame yeah, on them. But some of these other you. guys, so, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a shout so, out to Glenn. He's straight up good. D. So uh, I pulled Tony Clayton in the other room and I told him, I said, "Listen, bro, I need you to walk in here. This is the kind of relationship I have with right, this man." Right, right. I said, "I need you to walk in here, and I know how hard it's gonna be." But these dudes have worked really, really, really hard on right. this. I need you to walk in here. I need you to keep your mouth shut for the whole presentation. Get right. you a pen and a paper and write down every question you have. Right. And if anybody knows Tony Clayton, they know how hard that was for him. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> I'll tell you my story on him in a minute. But yeah. he walked in there, and, yeah. and he honored that, and he kept his mouth shut the whole time. And when it was said and done, he said, let's go. Right. There's nothing else that you could hey, show me. And he's a true bulldog. Uh, um yeah, I actually had Dylan way back when Richard was alive. I, I was Dylan's and Miss Tony probably doesn't remember, but it doesn't matter. And then in Mary's case, the uh, yeah, that was what it was. And then another case came up afterwards. He actually called me on my cell phone. He's like, "Bro, you know this and this and this." And we we talked it out. And I got on air and I gave him the proper shout out. Said that he should have gotten. So, but they indicted it and. Tell me about the rest. If anybody doesn't want Tony, doesn't think Tony Clayton wants bad guys, he's like the ultimate pit bull. They, they right? need their heads yeah, examined. He, he sees crime for right, what it is, black right. and white. He didn't, yeah, breaking he the law care. is breaking the law. He doesn't care. Uh, so I'm sorry, what was your question? I was Tell me about the, the, the arrest. You know, I wasn't even there when they arrested right. him. You know, they secured a warrant. Um, they secured a warrant. They went to his house and they got him. His, he was there with his girlfriend, and you know, the rest is history. You know, right. we brought him to a grand jury, indicted him. Uh, they arrested him, and you know, he died awaiting yeah. his day. Did, did he ever make a statement about, uh, after the arrest? No, no not to me, he didn't. Well, mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but hell or jail. And the, uh, I mean, hopefully, you got his business straight. I mean, yeah. it, the, the, it says the judge put a million dollar bond on him. right. It, which is, you know, everybody technically has a, a right to a bond or a reasonable amount or whatever, but a million dollars is high and and well deserved. And, and then he died ten, ten years to the day. You ten said? years to the day yeah. from the day he murdered. Well, you know what? The I think it's a great case of justice served, and you uh, you're a beautiful person. You never gave up. You fought, and I hope you know your kids learn from it. And I hope somebody else out there, um, you know, I used to get a couple cases a day before Courtney's case, uh, uh, requests from people from all around the country. Oh, look at my family's cold case. Look at my family's cold case, and and then 
after Courtney's case and then Dateline, I now I get like 10 a day. You know, that that are that many people are out there hurting every single day and and they believe and they want to go on and believe. And then you get people, you not giving up, Zach and all and Glenn and all the guys that did step up and take it on and that's just a that's just a big shout out. Real so I don't, I don't want to say congratulations because it, it doesn't really give you any closure and it never is going to bring your mom back. But I think it's a beautiful story, and I'm glad we got to tell it. So, oh, thank you. And, and real, real quick, I'm going to ask you something, Zach. The and the, the, I'm not, I'm not trying to make this political or anything. I, I mean, I'm asking. The, uh, certainly, a lot of apartments, especially smaller ones, don't have the training and the expertise and 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 all that. The, uh, you said something about they let it. Her dad hold the tape measure, and and and, yeah. and, and yes. I said, dude, I know one of. The, I mean, I don't know what your platform is and all that, but I know you as a man and a law enforcement professional. The I mean, and other other cases that need to be worked they, right. They, they, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do for? And it's not just her yeah, dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let, People just, walking in and out of the look, scene probably didn't write them down you, and you everything know this. else. You know this, yeah. To work homicides in Louisiana, all you have to be is post-certified homi- right. homicide investigator, okay? right, which right. is which is one class that you go to and it never right. expires, right. right? Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to change that. There's so much free training out there, and I was fortunate enough to work for a man who is no longer with right. us, Richard Rich Johnson, Johnson. Who up, made me go to I, when I say made. Yeah. I was a young deputy spending right. three and four weeks away from home, you know, and he would make me go to all this training. Right. I look right. back at it now he, and how fortunate I was because some of these people at the sheriff's office weren't afforded these opportunities. You know, I, he saw it in you. The, uh, the, I mean, he did the same thing for me in the polygraph. This, this case right here is one of the reasons why we're required to be certified to work homicides right. in right. Louisiana. Right. You know, and there's so much. So right now, the sheriff's office. Uh, does do above the bare minimum of training. I'm not saying mm-hmm. we're at the bare minimum. We're not. Right. We're above, but we could be above and beyond. Right. You know, it's just like anything. Doctors don't go to medical school in the 80s and quit training. Yeah, yeah, you know, we have yeah. to we have to hone our skills. Right. These criminals out there, they're training too. Yeah, you every know? day. And and I learned yeah. that from from fooling with the cartels and and mm-hmm. things like that. Being in narcotics, they are always trying to one up us. We always right. have to be trained, right. training, training, training. Not just basic training, advanced training. Right. And right. it's out there, and right. it, it's a lot of it's free. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, you get a lot of grant monies and everything. Correct. It, uh, uh, Jay Snard, you know, Willie back in the day, Sheriff Gray's, uh, always gave us the best training and the best equipment. And he said, he told me, he said, one day I know one of my guys is going to get killed on duty, but it won't be because they didn't have the training or the proper equipment, right? Uh, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of places that don't do that. They're like, mm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm generational sheriff and all this, and we're going to keep going on the good old boy network. But it's... It, Absolutely needs innovation. Look, West Baton Rouge, from when you started, the, it's got to be, I don't know how much the population's had that oh, to grow. And it's, and it's still growing. So it, it can't be stuck in the things uh, that you, we used to do, or law enforcement agents can't be stuck in things that they used to do as, to get by. It's it's 2023. Right? It's and, 2023. And, and, and real quick, as I, I know y'all got to go. Um, tell me again. I know training and, and stepping everything up. But what what are you? I already know what the answer is going to be. This. What are? What is your view, or what is your promise that you're going to do? It, if you get elected, or I'm going to say when you get elected. If I was in West Baton Rouge, I'd be voting for you. But my, unfortunately, I'm not. My promise to the people of West Baton Rouge Parish and the Sheriff's Office day one. Day one, there's going to be a change. One. There'll be accountability across the board, equality right. across the board. It's right. no longer about who you know. It's about what you know. Right. And I've seen that with my own eyes. Right. Um, transparency. Right. I'm sitting here today, you know, yeah. being very transparent. Right, right. Laying it out. Uh, you know, those are basic fundamentals that we often forget about. And it's almost like, you know, when you're the king of your kingdom for so long, you, you forget oh, about yeah, these things. And Training, proactive police work, right. letting cops be cops. Right. Why do we always have to react to a crime? I'm not naive, and I know we're not going to solve all crime mm-hmm. before or stop it before it happens. Mm-hmm. But we can give the people a service to services, law enforcement, right. and be proactive and, and take the handcuffs off the police officers. Let right. them do their job. Right, right. That's love, bro. The, the good old boy days, they're over with. That's it. They're over yeah. with. And, and you know what? 
not only I mean, they should be over with, but everybody's got a cell phone and everybody's, you know, uh, got a camera nowadays and stuff like that. My, my thought process on that is I'm like, mm, it's okay. Well, yeah, you could record me because I was going to be doing the right thing, right? In and an effort to be accountability, as transparent, transparency as yeah. I can be. Right? I'm going to say this right now. My cast, the sheriff, my boss, is working twice as hard on me not getting elected yeah. than he was on getting his own self elected four years ago. Right, right. Well, just I, let that sink in. I would figure that would be because he knows that if you get in. All Think, that things stuff, are gonna change. The, the, the strings are gonna be cut, right? So shout out to you, bro. It takes a lot of guts and Miss Reagan, you are amazing. And 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 thank I appreciate you. your support for me all these years also. Absolutely. You know what? Seriously, thank you. Yeah. For everything that you do. Well, I appreciate you know, it. Thank you for everything but, you did for Mary. Thank you for everything you've done for me. Yeah. And for being supportive. I, I appreciate me. that. But in like I'm no longer in the law enforcement, right? But like Zach, I believe in you doing what's right, what's right and, and let the chips fall where they may. I don't give a shit who gets mad at me. That uh, we're, we're gonna try try to always do the right thing. You got to stand for something. Got to stand for something. Fall for anything. Okay. So I mean, again, I'm gonna say this, and I don't ever do politics. But to me, this is not about politics. This is about getting someone across the river that can bring it into the, right. the century and give those people, everybody over there, such wonderful people. And I have so many great friends over there, but bring West Baton Rouge Sheriff's office into the century, cut the good old boy networks and roll with it. Right. So there won't be another family like you that's had to suffer for all these years or Mary's family. And I want to say this, there are other families in West Baton Rouge parish right now that are suffering. They're suffering day one. Day one, I cannot promise that we will solve nope. these cases. Nope. Day one, I promise that we will start looking at these cases. In fact, I hope that this podcast that we're doing right now, right. I hope I hope they get started on these cases before the new sheriff takes office. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that would be great. Right, that would be great. Yeah. Um, if not, day one, here we go. Let's right. go. These boys better get ready to work because I'm ready to work. Let's do it. Hey, hey, you know what? I want I want to offer this to you too. And uh, um, the if there's any way. I can help real life, real crime. And we've had some proved successes on, on working these cases and stuff or whatever you, you can come in anytime as sheriff or whatever. Glenn, I don't, I don't care who comes in, but let's use this platform to get justice for other families like yours without them having to wait for so long. Hey okay? man. So I want to be accountable to you. You've done right. a lot for no. our little community no, that you man, don't even realize it's, it's, you really that, have. It's the right thing to do, bro. Same thing you're trying to do. And, and, uh, I want to thank y'all for coming in today. You got any last thoughts or anything you want to say? Uh, yes. Thank you, Zach, for standing up and for doing what is right. <laughs> Sitting in my shoes for as long as I sat in my shoes. And you know what? You didn't stop there. You could have said, hey, you know what? This family, they got their justice. He's sitting in jail awaiting trial. But you know what? When he died in jail, you seriously were the first person, you and Sarah both, were the first two people that reached out to me to make sure that I was okay. Because, yes, that was a a big one to swallow. So thank you. you, Thank you. You don't have to thank me for doing my job, uh, but I thank you for – for everything that you've done, you you know you like I said earlier, she was the biggest, the biggest yeah. asset to this right. case. You, Woody, thank you. She just said my wife's name, and I want to give a shout out to my wife because without my wife, uh, I'd no, be nothing. Right. I get uh, that. This yeah. has been a, a hard two years for us, but you know what? Uh, what don't kill you makes you stronger, and right. we can do anything through Christ. And I really believe that, and yeah. it's in His hands, and. We're going to take it day by day, right. and we're going to keep doing what's right. And as long as and, – and I really live – that's a code that I live by that was taught to me by Richie Johnson. Richie Johnson. Once again, if you're doing the right thing, you have nothing to worry about. That's right. And, and I really, really appreciate y'all. I'm excited about the future for y'all and, and you know, what we can do together uh, and everything else. And, again, shout-out to all your guys and shout-out to Glenn and, and everybody else who wants to do the right thing. Um. I'm going to end. I end every episode talking about LOPA, Louisiana Oregon Procurement Agency. If you 
or a lifer from, give me a country. Um, Australia. If you're a lifer from down under, Miss Reagan says, and you want to become an organ donor, you don't have to be from the state of Louisiana. Go to lopa.org, fill out the little questionnaire. It takes a couple minutes, y'all. Uh, they're saving lives every day. And, you know, be a hero, be an organ donor. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life Rule. Crime the podcast until next time or ever. Don't let me catch you down on murder by you. Peace. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights?